Welcome to the I Work For Him Power Pod. I'm Michael Miracle, producer for I Work For Him, the voice of the faith and work movement. We are on mission to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. Each quick listening power pod is designed with you in mind and jam-packed with kingdom resources to help you connect your faith and work. How will this impact your workplace? Let's find out right now. You know, Martha, children are a gift from God. Christians are called to care for the widows and orphans. That's what I read. So why it is why is it in our society today, all over the U.S., that we have a foster care problem? Kids are told they're not wanted or too much trouble, and they're plugged into the system. It's almost like, I don't know, it's, just, it's the system. And once they're in the system, they're mentally impacted, spiritually injured, and often physically abused. So what's the solution? Is it Christians getting more involved in the foster care system? Is it more Jesus-following families adopting more kids? Is it building more orphanages? Maybe it's a combination of all three, and maybe some more options to boot. Well, we got David Gibbs and Jonathan Bailey from the National Center for Life and Liberty. Well, they got this ministry that's a spinoff of the National Center for Life and Liberty called Hannah Grace Holmes, and you're going to hear about this today. David Gibbs is an often guest on I Work For Him fighting for the religious liberty rights of Christ followers across the nation, all the way up to the Supreme Court. David, you, when we were, when we last recorded a show together a couple of months ago, you brought up that you've, that the Lord has expanded your territory, done the whole Jabez deal to you. And, and, and we're going to talk about the foster care system today in this country. You, uh, you are, are so involved in the court system throughout our country, fighting for religious liberty, yet, what we've realized is that there's some major issues in the foster care system. Why don't you just talk to us about that? Well, there is a crisis in young people across the nation, but in particular, we can focus for many of your listeners on the state of Florida. And they can be labeled. And and by the way, it's always sad when children get labeled. Mm -hmm. You know, they call them at risk or they call them fatherless or they call them, you know, potential wards of the state. And and we, we see some very, very tragic situations where children are, as you said earlier, Jim, pulled into the system. Now, when somebody goes, well, what is the system? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, really, the system is an interesting menagerie of government, social services, courts, private placement, foster care. There's a whole litany. But but what we're really talking about is children who are no longer safely in the care of their own families. And a lot of times it's the moms or dads. And it can be a whole litany of uh, the parents were abusive, the parents are in prison, the parents are unable to care for them, the parents are derelict in their duty, they, they don't take them to school, they don't feed them. And so these kids are traumatized because they have been entrusted to people that were supposed to care for them, but instead of doing what you and I would say good parents should do, uh, they have failed these children. And then we, we see the system emerge. You know, what happens to a child when the parents are taken to prison? And, and I think a lot of people don't even really think about it. You know, what, what happens when a, somebody who's in prison has a baby? You know, where does that child go? And, mm-hmm. and how are these children handled in our society? And what role should we play as the church or as Christians or as concerned citizens? Because almost, Jim, what I find is there's like this world over here and we probably intellectually know it exists. If you were to say, you know, are there at-risk kids? Are there problems? Are there kids that are being trafficked? Are there kids that are being sold for, you know, drugs and sex and all the menagerie of sin in our culture? I think most people go, yeah, that probably happens. 
but I live in a gated community. I live in a nice world. My kids are okay. Matter of fact, my kids are in private school or in a good public school, and and we almost forget that this other world exists. Well, I think what's really important for us to make sure we let our I Work For Him audience know, Martha, is that we're talking about the foster care system today because as Jesus followers, we all, you know, we're talking about faith and work, yet this is, this is for the, the part of our life that's outside of our 40 or 50 hours a week that work. We got kids out there that need it and the church is the solution. That's right. And just um, understanding that we have a role to play and it's that whole we don't even know what we don't know, and that's why we love having these conversations to open our eyes. David Gibbs, it's my theory that if the church would do what the church was called to do, the foster care system wouldn't be necessary. Is it true? I would say there's completely a huge need that is not being met by the church and really by the, the private sector. So you, I believe you're absolutely right, Jim. And I'm a big believer, as Martha said, in Matthew chapter 25 and verse 40. And what that verse is, uh, Jesus on Judgment Day is rewarding the righteous. And he says, what you've done unto the least of these, you've done unto me. Now, we're, we're not minimizing who these kids are, but when you think about the least of these, you're talking about people who can't do anything back for you. Yep. And here you have children that are being stripped away from their parents, oftentimes from poor backgrounds. There's no resource, and, and they're in such need for all the things kids need, just regular care, a place to sleep medicine, cereal in the morning, uh, getting to school, and, and then you look at them needing counsel and, and training and, and, and what other inputs, what life skills are these children going to be given? And it, it is heartbreaking when you look at the travesty and, and what we at the National Center for Life and Liberty um, wanted to do and we felt called to do was to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. And, and I think you're absolutely right that a lot of people just ignore or pretend the problem doesn't exist. And we have been able to actually uh, have a residential care facility, the Hannah Grace Homes, that is uh, ministering uh, to children on a regular basis. And uh, Mr. Bailey, um, when we started into this, he said, now we're, we're doing what exactly? You know, how, how are we getting into this? What is, what is God calling us to do? And he has, um, as the executive director over there, among his other responsibilities, has immersed himself in actually ministering to the children. And, and we knew there was a problem. But until you actually wade into it, it's hard to fully comprehend the scope of it. And, and Jonathan, share just a little bit as you were kind of maybe as a successful businessman, as somebody in ministry, you were pulled into the system, really not that aware of exactly how bad things were. Yeah, you're definitely right. When we decided to do Hannah Grace, we were thinking of the young children who had lost a mom and dad recently, who were recently into foster care. And uh, we, we bought a 200-acre campus, and uh, we had um, houses on that campus, cottages. And uh, we were thinking these kids would come in, kind of the, the typical foster care kids you'd kind of think of at Christmas time with the blankets and the teddy bears. And what God had assigned to us was not children with blankets and teddy bears. Um, he assigned us to some of the kids that are probably some of the most hurting kids in the system. Um, in today's foster care system, the kids that don't get help are the teenagers. Um, mm. The kids that don't mm. get anyone who wants because to really they're not cute and cuddly, help. and they 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 definitely do things that aren't cute and cuddly. And uh, you know, I think we've we've seen things and been involved in things that I wouldn't have ever have thought in the last um, ten to twelve months. 
Um, the biggest problem that we have is that there's so much trauma with today's youth. Mm-hmm. Um, things that have happened to them in the past, things that have happened to them with their parents. The typical child coming onto our campus has been through significant sexual trauma and uh, not only significant sexual trauma, but also emotional trauma with uh, multiple parents leaving, abandonment. Um, we've had several kids on our campuses that were living on the streets and um, providing for them and their children or their, their brothers and sisters, which mm-hmm. in a sense has parentified them in a lot of ways. Um, they're becoming the parent. So I, I would definitely say what we thought we were going to be involved in changed drastically. And, uh, you know, in the last 12 months, David and I both um, have developed a passion for these neglected children in the system. And it's going to become worse. Um, There's a a new legislation coming out called Family First, which is changing foster care from what it is today to really being a a home-centric environment with in-home services. New legislation in the state of Florida? Federal legislation. Federal legislation, okay. And the federal legislation controls most of the funding in the foster care system because most most foster care funding in most states are coming from the federal government. All right. So describe what the, is this new, I mean, a lot of times we get legislation and it's not always a good thing. Okay. I mean, I I don't know about how you feel about Washington, but a lot of times stuff that comes out of there, it's not always to the benefit of what we're trying, the problem we're trying to solve. And most of the time when the government tries to solve a problem, all they do is create additional problems. Yeah, that's right. Talking about the foster care system today. Why? On a Faith and Work show, we're talking about the foster care system. I don't know, David Gibbs, you tell them. Well, absolutely, because everybody needs to be concerned about future generations. Now, we can put it at a lot of levels, whether you're worried about crime, whether you're worried about education, whether you're worried about future employees that you may have to hire. Mm. We have to realize the future generation is the workplace of the future. And so we're in a society right now where a lot of people want to say, well, that's educators, that's social workers, it's not my problem. But the reality is, as followers of Christ, it's all of our problem because we know that before somebody's going to trust Christ, it happens more often than not before the age of 21. And so if we lose the younger generation, and, and we see statistics, Jim, and you know these that are exploding, you know, the fastest growing religion statistically is I don't believe anything. It's the nuns. It's the it's the nothings. I mean, and, and it's exploding out the top, and, and we're watching where our churches, and we believe in church, and we at the NCAA help churches, but I mean, it's the 50 and overs that are faithful and, and getting young people excited and engaged and wanting to be part of a congregation. And so it's something that's impacting our culture, our country. And it's something that I think we almost want to ignore. I I know I've always had a calling to it, and I believe the Lord opened this door for us to be way more actively involved. And and we have the legal background and the opportunity Mm -hmm. to be involved in a lot of this, but I didn't have any idea is how bad the problem was. I mean, when when, when you say, you know, when when a a nine-year-old walks on your campus and you say, why is this child here? Because, you know, why would this child not be in foster care? And you find out that uh, caregivers, parents, relatives have been, you know, taking advantage of this child sexually since age three. And you look at the the damage and the hurt and and, and what they're going through and, and you say, you know, how has our country, how has our culture gotten that depraved? And so I, I get shocked at what I would call the sin mm-hmm. in our culture. And, and I know we, we should be wise to it but i mean the reality is that the level of depravity i mean when you look at what's going on in our culture but then number two the hurt of these kids and the need is so great i mean we're in a society right now where um you know the the government doesn't have unlimited resource i mean we need to realize our our federal government's running massive deficits Um, our state governments are struggling i mean to keep their budgets intact and just throwing money at it 
is not the answer. We need people that say, you know what, I want to be part of the solution. I'm willing to you know, volunteer on a campus like Hannah Grace. Or I want to, maybe I can't take a foster kid, but I would love to adopt a child and, and help a little bit financially. I mean, every child we take on our campus, uh, we lose money. Okay, we do it because this is what the Lord has called you us to do. You lose money when you look at the stipend you get from the government. That's correct. And, and, and we say, but you know what? If we don't build the trust and care for these children, um, what kind of future is our nation going to have? And then there's also a calling to it. And, and I would encourage every one of your listeners, it doesn't have to be foster care. It doesn't have to be at-risk kids. It doesn't have to be hurting children. But every one of your successful business people, your hardworking folks, even working class people, you don't need to be wealthy or even your own boss, but somebody that's just, you have a job, you've been blessed. What are you doing to passionately invest time and treasure you know, money, sure. resource, and effort into something that's going to make a spiritual difference. Isn't there also an issue with the foster care system kicking kids out at 18, even if they're still in school? I mean, but th these kids at 18, they get kicked out of the system, right? I mean, if, if somebody's got a foster home and they've got a foster kid in the foster home, don't they say they, they stop making money on that kid, Right. Well, one of the things that they're doing now in the state of Florida, which I think is starting to address the problem that you're talking about, is the independent living program. And so we actually are launching this summer our independent living program. We have first our first two kids that are going into the program that are going to be getting their stipend for room and board from the state. Um, they're also going to get their college tuition paid for by the state. Um, we have one mm. uh, young man who's done extremely well and is going to be attending college uh, in the fall and uh, will be in our independent living program. So I, I do think um, that has been a, a problem over time. I think the independent living program, which is a new part of the foster care system, relatively new part compared to the rest of it, is trying to address that problem specifically. So we're actually opening up our independent living apartments um, in, at the end mm -hmm. of May. So we're, we're excited about that new addition to Hannah Grace. How do we, as the listeners, as, the, as somebody new hearing this information, how do we respond? What do we even do without just being home and being overwhelmed or being in the car and thinking, I've never thought about all that these children might be enduring and what can we possibly do about it? What What are some things that have come to mind that people that, you know, whether it's, I'm sure donations is a part of it, but what what can people do instead of just not knowing? I think I think becoming a mentor is a really big part of that. Um, there's a lot of mentorship programs available in Tampa, um, from Big Brothers Big Sisters to mentoring at Hannah Grace. Um, I think you have to, if you want to get into this um, area of of social care or or, or or assist in this way, you're going to have to learn how to do it. Mm -hmm. um, we saw that in the rescue mission space with the homeless quite a bit too. When you start feeding people in the homeless space, you see a lot of times where they come to get food and they don't appreciate it. So I think you can't just jump in both feet. And so what I would recommend is starting in that mentoring and then look at the, 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 what other options are down the road. So you say if every church adopted one or two kids, in the, I mean, if every church did, the system would be empty. Yeah. That's right. That's a sta that's a staggering well, statistic. Uh, Jim, I got to jump in here. I think that's a challenge to our pastors, our ministry leaders, our board members. It's not even on their radar, though. But I think every listener needs to say, you know what? What could my church do? Yep. Now, if your church is involved, I commend you. But the vast majority of churches, this is something that they they haven't even thought to pray about it yet. 
right. much less get involved. But you're talking Idlewild. It's got 20,000 families in it. They could take care of the whole system. Well, potentially <laughs> any any big church could have huge impact. But you know what? Even a, a church that says we run 60, you could help a kid or two. Yeah. I mean, if you were to really look at it. And, and by the way, suppose somebody says, I'm willing to get involved as a foster parent. What would be wrong with the church saying, you know, once a month we're going to take up an offering. And as a church, we're going to just invest in these kids too. I mean, it could become a support group. It could yep. become a partnership. That foster a mission that, of the church. That foster parent wants to go on vacation. Somebody else says, I want to watch. Check out Hannah Grace online, hannahgrace.com, hannahgrace.com. I would love for you, our listeners, to do just what David said. Pray about this. Make sure your church is aware of this. Listen, if there's 20,000 kids in Florida that need a home, we've got 20,000 churches that can solve that problem. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers, our workplace. It's our mission field, but ultimately, I work for him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him Power Pod with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Want more? Hear the full broadcast at IWorkForHim.com. Stay connected and receive power pack content when you sign up for our blog at IWorkForHim.com or follow us on social media at IWorkForHim. And finally, if today's message inspired you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review helps launch more workplace missionaries across the nation. That's at IWorkForHim and online IWorkForHim.com.